Welcome to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rensigson. Truly ecstatic to be here with you this afternoon. I don't know what time of day, what time zone you're in, what part of the world you're hailing from, but right now, this afternoon, if you are listening to this in the afternoon, morning or evening, your time, just ride with me a little bit and move into the spirit of there are no coincidences. I am having the pleasure of interviewing this beautiful, magical, mystical woman, Wendy Patrick. Now, I think you'll understand more once we get into this conversation. So I'm not going to belabor and go into too many details. I will tell you, though, that her healing, her energy, her light work, and all the things that she's bringing are not just for humans. They are also for those with four legs. So, Wendy, welcome to the BBP, the Balance Bully Podcast. I want you to tell everyone how you're doing and a little bit more about the work you're doing with Phenesium. Thank you so much, Nikita. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your show today. This is a little bit of a different angle for me, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. So, yes, um, I do everything in my sphere of influence whatever you want to call it to try and help the animals and through those actually connecting with their people and helping them as well in their journey just to try and get better health better well-being happier lives and enjoying what ride we're on and seeing where it's going to take us next no i love it so you know i was staring at your website and i'm attracted to this picture that you have with you and this I want to say puppy, but it looks like a grown animal, like a very grown dog on this picture. And in it, you are literally illuminating just joy, like pure, unadulterated joy. You are in your happy place, loving on this dog that has tongue wagging out, excited, like, yes, hug me, mama, give me love, like, do it for me. So I want to know what led you to want to work with people and pets, because that's not a normal thing that we're used to hearing, right? Like people usually say, oh, I work with humans in this way, or I help humans with their pets. So they're less stressed from dealing with the challenges. What made you go into the area of energy and light work that you're in today? Well, thanks. Um, what a question. It's <laughs> a huge door. Um, That lovely um, puppy that you see me holding was William when he was 10 years old, and he's the IAM in Finesium. So um, he was my boy. Unfortunately, we lost him in the fall of 2019. Um, But I just loved him to pieces. But every animal that's come into my sphere uh, or my bubble or whatever you want to call it has taken me in another journey or another direction or taught me something else um ever since I was a child like my first um word was gg which is what we called horses in the UK whenever it's every every little kid's like oh it's a gg gg um so you have to pat all the noses in the barn and you have to stop at every field and call all the ponies over and every dog on the street I would be down into their faces how I never lost my face from the way that I used to approach dogs it is beyond me, but obviously it means something Yeah, where I was never seen as the threat. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I always played with all the neighbor's dogs as I grew up in the community. And it was about 30 years after that, I discovered I was actually trainer. 
Um, I was like, I thought it was just playing. That was just common sense to me. And that was a, a, a very top end trainer said, um, no, if you know any of this stuff, you know, 90% more or than half of the people in this room I was at a seminar. And I was like, seriously? Yeah. Because I thought that was common sense. He says, how long have you been a dog trainer? I says, oh, I'm not a trainer. He says, I think you are. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. That opened that doorway. And uh, I did a lot of training and stuff, one-on-one uh, -on -one private ones. And um, just they, they just keep leading me. I mean, that's always been my passion was to work with them. I never really had the smarts at school to be a vet. Yeah. Um, but just little twists and turns. My own health journey has taken me different directions. And as I've then had to adjust and learn how to do stuff for myself yeah. and then how to then mutate the business into another role, then it's also told me as well as to how to listen to the dogs and how to apply that to animals in general. I mean, every living being that got a heartbeat has got that energy and it's That's just right. learning then to connect with each one. And we're all connected no matter, you know, whether you share the same opinion, whether you share the same beliefs, it doesn't matter. We actually all are connected. So mm -hmm. it's the more you can pull people together. And sometimes doing that through animals is actually easier yeah. than trying to deal with the people on a one-to-one -one basis. So it's actually a nice, general, gentle way to even influence other people and especially those animals people. No, I get that because people are special, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are special. I don't know why we were chosen to be the most intellectual, the most well-spoken, you know, with human language and being able to communicate and learn other languages and adapting as a species because we are so ridiculous oh, on so are. many levels. <laughs> totally agree with you. Totally. Yep. <laughs> So I get it. I, I, I truly understand why some people, I didn't always, it's funny, um, the uh, Unbound Brilliance Lab that I have for some of the married women entrepreneurs that I work with, um, it's one of our only group coaching programs. We were wrapping up a session last night before we, you know, get all the way into the rest of the year. Uh, and we were just talking about like how we've all evolved into really appreciating pets. Because I used to be that person that would look at other people that were dope over their cats and their dogs <laughs> and their frogs and their hamsters. And, and to me, I'm like, you're treating them better than you would treat humans. And in some cases mm -hmm. that is true. Like some mm -hmm. people really do. They save all their compassion for their domesticated animals and not necessarily for the people that they interact with every day. Um, but I just kind of stereotypically generalized it to everyone who was like overly involved with their pets until I got overly involved with my pets, right? <laughs> Careful and, what you wish for, right? right? Exactly. Like be mindful, <laughs> as one of my aunties would say, the things that are happening across the street could absolutely come onto your, yeah. your, your stoop. So be really mindful. Um, and I get it. Like your, your pets, depending on who you are and how compassionate and empathetic you are, they become your family and you oh, do yeah. feel really connected to their happiness, their um, sickness, their sadness, right? Like when, when they're not well, when you lose them and you grieve them. Um, and it also makes you face your own mortality for many of us. And we start right. to look at our own health and wellness and what's happening with us. So I'm imagining that some of the, the work that you're doing and helping to people to heal with the various forms of therapies that you use are also what you use for the pets that you work with. Yeah, in a way, it's it's actually, well, yeah, people are weird and it's more difficult to get through to them. Yeah. I mean, on an energetic level, I connect with 
get people and, and pets all over the world, mm-hmm. mostly the pets. And I mean, they will tap in usually really quickly. You'll mm-hmm. have a few that'll sort of hesitate and just let you in a little bit until mm-hmm. they know that you can trust them. It's a, quite an interesting sort of concept, but they're not judgmental. Mm-hmm. They love you unconditionally. So that's why people have this um, connection with them more. They don't have to put up these barriers or yeah. these protection levels or worry about what baggage they're bringing with them from a, ba- a bad relationship or whatever else it might be. Their dog's going to love them no matter what. And their cat will as long as they get fed. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, cats are very human. <laughs> mm, feed me and you're all right. Yes, you can stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time you can sort of almost sense the cat looks at you and goes, if it wasn't for your opposable thumbs, you'd be out. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting because then a lot of them will see that that's the way to connect and to be able to switch off, especially this last year, how things have all gone crazy in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have actually had time to focus on themselves as opposed to an hour each way commuting every day or whatever else it might be. Yeah. Um, and certainly other people's lives have turned the other way around and got even busier because now they're now homeschooling all the rest of it. But, you know, that little dog in the corner or the fact that dogs have now been increased by 20% of coming into households now during this time. I imagine that to be because true. Because people mm-hmm. are staying at home. And that to me is like, oh, there's a huge big red warning light there because what's going to happen when everything changes again? Because it will. Yeah. And is the puppy going to be then abandoned in the corner of the room somewhere? The mm-hmm. escalation will go through the roof at the rescue shelters. So this is kind of my passion is to try and connect with all of these people so that they can line these things up so that they can sort this stuff out. Plus they can actually bond with their pet while they have them at this level. Yeah. Get all these little crinks out. Stop. Mm-hmm. Cause the most common thing I'm told about is anxious pets. 90 percent of the time it's because the person's anxious mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. feed your energy and they mirror it back to you especially yeah. if you've got a horse they're incredible mirrors they just go mm-hmm. hang on you look at you first and see whether you would deal with you because <laughs> i ain't doing it um <laughs> and you know you're not going to argue well with a 1200 pound animal Seriously. um yeah but it's it's nice to then connect with them and get through to some people in the sense where I have a little thing on our website where it says learn how to meditate with your pet. Yeah. And I did a little episode in our podcast as well. So because people don't like to read stuff anymore. So this is, you know, yourself with the podcast is getting stuff out there and mm-hmm. getting people to just sort of tune in and listen as they're driving down the road and go, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And just to give some other little tidbits or other little idiosyncrasies or tweaks or whatever to what they're already doing to make it work better yeah no I love this Mm. um this is you're making me think of so many really powerful people in the the collective ecosystem that I've been privileged to garner Cammie Gilner um is a huge advocate for horses I know she has some she also has a podcast which is phenomenal uh Dana Humphrey um owns uh Whitegate PR which is a um, a PR company for pet lovers, basically. Um, wow. And I'm sure it's, she would probably kill me for just simplifying it to that because it's so much, <laughs> so many more layers, right? As most of our businesses are. But uh, when we came into each other's ecosystem and I really got to understand some of the layers of her business, um, she was explaining to me how important it was to be an advocate the same way that you're talking about. So that was like my first introduction into understanding that some people 
um, have codependencies with their pets that are very unhealthy and damaging for the pets as well as for themselves, of course. Um, And to your point of like, well, what happens when the emotional support that you're receiving from these animals and the moment you need them, which is healthy, it's understandable. Most of us who come from the therapy community advocate for emotional support animals to help people who are moving through PTSD or depression or severe anxiety, Mm -hmm. social anxieties, all the things. Um, However, when you've now gotten to the other side of it, or you've progressed enough where you feel like you don't need it, does the pet now become abandoned? in your relationship and maybe not literally abandoned because I know there's a lot of pet lovers out there that are listening to this like who would dare kick a dog or a cat or a frog or whatever out of the house because you don't quote unquote need it anymore we're not just talking about that level of abandonment it's the attachment now you went from you know being with this this pet I'm just going to pick on dogs because I'm a huge dog lover and I know there are lots of other types of pets that people love, but I happen to be a dog lover. Um, You let the dog, you know, love on you and be with you and follow you and sit with you and play with you when you had time during COVID, when all the buffers of your schedule were removed. But now you're in a hybrid working environment again, you're going back out to work, like you said, those hour drives to and from, you're doing that. Have you thought about what that now does to the animal that has become used to this this space in your heart that has become, you know, used to being in this place where they get to look forward to waking you up and playing with you at lunchtime and doing all that. And now you're just like, Oh, I'm leaving. I'll be, I'll be back when I'm back. I'll come back in 16 hours. Right. Right. And everything's changed. And she was my first, um, Dana Humphrey specifically was my first, um, interaction with the understanding that that was something that we all had to pay attention to because our pets, do matter. So I hear you so clearly because of your predecessors coming before you saying there's a problem here and we need to acknowledge it before um, there's a movie on Netflix that I think has either come out or is coming out where the pets all turn against humanity. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like in the last couple of weeks, it's like all over Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. It's, um, it's a, it's a really good idea because it's really talking about all the things that could happen in this other kind of world if we continue to mistreat the very um, parts of ourselves that we're trying to use for healing, but mm-hmm. we throw them away as if they're you know, pens and yeah. pieces of paper. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The problem with a lot of these disposable mm-hmm. items or this disposable world or this drive-through society. It's like, Great well, I point. want a puppy. I want now. So we go to some backyard breeder or puppy mill, which do not have the animal's best interests at heart. They are going on supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to educate people on that. Stop yeah. and think. It's not, you're not just going out to buy a chocolate bar. Right. This is a 15, 17-year investment. And if you don't have that to commit and you don't know whether you've got a job in six months, go buy the chocolate bar or stuffed toy. Good point. Because you're not doing anyone any justice and you are just ruining humanity as a whole Mm -hmm. by bringing that negativity back into the whole, we can't, you know, support this. And then you've got all the rescue agencies and the compassion fatigue that animal and pet professionals go through when they have to deal with these abandoned cases, cruelty cases. And yeah, it's, 
we're we're not the animal loving society that we like to tout that we are. Yeah. You know, and I say we because as a collective, mm-hmm. that affects me and I'm part of that too. Absolutely. So unless I can bring my brothers and sisters up to be at that same level and we all have it and approach it at the same way, we're failing. Yeah. You know, That's and it's sad. Powerful. You you said something really powerful one day. You mentioned compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. which I know you specifically were talking about it in the realm of what we do when we don't um, fully a- allow ourselves to evaluate our ability to be committed for, fi- like you said, 15 to 17 years per pet, by the way, because that's, you know, yep. each, <laughs> each pet, because I know a lot of people will get two or three different animals a couple years apart from each other. So you got to count that as 15 to 17 years per pet. So just be mindful of that. But I know for a lot of the work that you're doing with humans, the two-legged, you know, species that you're working with, they also are suffering from a form of compassion fatigue for the different things that they have going on in their lives that are separate from their pets. You know, a lot of people are overgiving and and under receiving, right? Can you speak to any of yeah. that work that you're doing? Well, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people, especially the ones that I deal with that are in more of the animal field or animal industry, whether it's dog groomers, kennel workers, vets, um, dog handlers with show dogs, or ones who are really good breeders who really want to protect the genetics of that. So there's no hip problems, eye problems, elbow problems, hair falling out, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then they find the other side of the coin where it's like, oh, we're, we can make money at this. Go breed that other dog out the back and let's get some puppies going. Mm-hmm. Um, so the compassion fatigue is really affects those of us. And I'm not putting us higher on a ladder above anyone else. It's not right. We all bleed the same color. Let's, let's face it, let's be yeah. honest, including the animals. Um, but we all get affected because a lot of us are empaths in mm-hmm. that side. And any one that's a light worker, whether they're working with animals or just people, they usually tap into that more because they are empathic in nature. They mm-hmm. have big hearts mm-hmm. and they're just over full and want to keep pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. Um, and that becomes incredibly draining and incredibly tiresome. And unfortunately, there's such a high rate of suicide as well and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of a vet whose basic day tomorrow is putting to sleep 15 animals, for example, or dealing with a cruelty case that's, you know, got 15 that need surgeries, five that need something else, six that are emaciated that need put to sleep, or even that rescue worker in the kill facility. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't go into that industry to spend most of their morning putting animals to sleep that nobody wants. Right. Right. And yeah. we have to take this on. Oh, you can't turn a blind eye to it anymore and go, that doesn't affect me. I'm carrying on. It does affect you because it affects yeah. every single one of us. And until we all start sharing this, we can't bring this up and get past it. No, I can't agree with you more, especially coming from the healthcare space. It, mm-hmm. It's very daunting to know that people can be so dismissive of what's happening um, on the other side of the street, so to speak, and feel yeah. like, well, it's over there, so I don't have to worry about it. But you forget you're interacting with these people 
in so many different ways, not just professionally, but crossing in the supermarkets, in your cars. That person who just had road rage might have been the, the worker at the kill shelter or the, the veterinarian, right. right? Like yes. there's so many, so many layers to this um, that it can be overwhelming and can freeze you out of your own happiness if you're not careful. So I have mm-hmm. to ask you, Wendy, you know, my favorite <laughs> staples question for all of our guest experts is with all the work that you're doing and really, you know, protecting your own peace and space, um, as my husband would always say, protect your peace is really important. How are you giving yourself permission to pause? Great question. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you can't go up to a horse with a bad attitude. <laughs> well, you can, but you won't get a horse that'll do it out of uh, want or desire or connection, but out of submission and fear. Mm-hmm. And that's a horse that's going to explode. So my therapy, my own therapy is two big old horses in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we say 17 years with some pets, but I got these guys three years ago and one of them's 30. Wow. So yeah, he's old. He's got no grinding surface left on his teeth. He needs to be fed soup, mm-hmm. but they are my therapy. I can go take a breath, check myself before I go in the gate and go, yeah. am I right? to go and say hello to this animal Mm. because, and they'll tell you they are a complete mirror because if I go up to, to Zafi, my little Arabian, and if I'm not in that right headspace, he'll just look at me, toss his head and go, see ya and walk off. If I go in there and I'm like, hi buddy, how you doing? He comes up to me, the head drops, I can give him a hug and that's me. That's the, the sigh of relief, the stress drains, yeah. all is good. And he literally just hits my little reset button. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the, the biggest thing for me that I can do very quickly. And also connecting myself to know how to do that really quickly. Because I know with the attitude they're giving me, I walked in here with the wrong headspace. Yeah, like a pure energy barometer. Like totally. I... I love that. How, how hilarious and dope is that for you to like go and you're like, I'm ready to, you know, feed my horse to do my thing to to give out some love, but they know that you're not, that you're still wearing a mask and that you're not being as genuine as you would like to be. And for the horse to be like, no, don't bring, don't bring me that energy, sis. I'm yep. time for that. You, you leave that over there. You come back and see me when you got it together. <laughs> love it. That is so true. That's exactly it. Exactly. It is. It's amazing. Once that actual um, switch flicks in your brain as well, and you realize that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, anyone who works with horses as well, they'll know that. And it's interesting as well, because you never judge other people. Right. You let your animals do that for you because yeah. they'll tell you what that person is and whether they're genuine, whether they're unique, whether they're friendly, whether they're happy or whether they're really hiding something and like, hell that stark, don't let it in. Yes. Right? Toxic, toxic over there. Alert, alert. Yes. <laughs> you know? Animals and kids. This is wild. Because they oh, yeah. will, like young kids will tell you the truth. That's right. Well, it's before they've got all indoctrinated and brainwashed and mm-hmm. society piled on them and all these labels and nonsense. Corruption. It's pure energy. <laughs> before they got corrupted. I know. I totally, yep. totally understand. So how can people connect with you and find more about Wendy Patrick and Phenesium? Uh, the best way would be through our website. It's phenesiumhealth.com. 
And um, dogsofpride.com is also associated with that. And that sells finessing. And we have made our own products that are safer, healthier ingredients. Um, lots and lots of research into that to keep our pets happy and healthy and the people who use them. Because um, unfortunately, the animal industry isn't as regulated with products. Yeah. So the people with the opposable thumbs also need to know how to keep themselves safe while they're using these products on their animals. Um, so financiumhealth.com and um, our podcast as well, if you want to tune into more ranting, yes. hopefully a visit in the future with yourself would be <laughs> quantumly yours. I love it. Yeah. I have to give you kudos for how you eloquently corrected me, right? And she did it with, pun intended here, some finesse. Because uh-huh. I'm listening to Wendy and you guys, <laughs> for all of you who are listening to the BDP, the Balance Bully podcast for, you know, four or five years, you know, I talk funny. Like I am a transformational empowerment speaker. I'm dope with amazing CEO, all those great things. And I speak really funny, like at the same time. And I keep saying, finesium, finesium. She's like, yes. And so it's finesium. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sweetie, you're forgiven. <laughs> I love it. I do not mind being corrected, even though my husband would say the opposite. I do not mind okay. being corrected. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they catch it because they're they're the closest, they're the safest. Um, you have been nothing but incredible and open and transparent and so informative. And I'm grateful that we were connected literally without coincidence because you guys we won't even get into the backstory right now but it was <laughs> kismet it absolutely was kismet. it totally was i have thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed this this is not what i expected either and it has been fantastic nothing short nothing so short awesome. thank you Wendy patrick thank you so much for coming to the balance bully podcast i am honored to have you and looking forward to being on quantumly yours Me too. in the future thank <laughs> you <laughs> balance bully listeners thank you so much for being with us for another episode as we wrap up season 25 can you believe it we are in the 25th season of this podcast this particular rendition of the show has been running since december 5th of 2016 thank you all who have followed with us, who have played, who have shown up, who have sent emails and DMs and messages, both correcting me, encouraging me, and showing me nothing but love. I appreciate you all for every way that you have shown up. I have one favor to ask. I want you to share this episode with someone in your circle who matters to you. Just make sure you just All you got to do is click the little button and share it. Like, you know what? My friend has pets. My friend needs pets. My friend needs to figure out why she needs pets. Like whatever it is that's going on, make sure you share so they can get into Wendy Patrick's ecosystem. So I ask you to do me that one big favor. And the one micro favor is if you have not already click the follow button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe, depending on the podcast app that you're listening to this to right now. Make sure you do that after you rate and write a review of the show. It is more important than ever these days that you review. I know you guys send me such phenomenal direct feedback through DMs and on my uh, communication pages on Instagram and all that. And it's helpful for me to hear it from you, but it's most impactful when you put it where the algorithm can see it right here on Apple Podcasts. So please make sure you put in your honest review, whatever that is, I will honor it. I think I'm pretty dope and amazing, but 
If you have something else you would like to add to that, please don't hesitate at all. I look forward to seeing you guys in just a few more weeks. You know, we are about to take break for a little bit for a little healing and a little self-love. So we will see you shortly. And in the interim, if you have questions, send any of your questions to asknikita at thinkpro.com. Until next time, continue to create your balance and create your joy, but remember, do it boldly. Mm-hmm.